Thanks for listening to the Cornerstone Chapel Middle School Podcast. Let's head into the service for this week's message. Now, as we've been going through those commandments, um, something's happened to me, and I'm pretty sure it's probably happened to you. You've probably at some point, and I hope so, otherwise you're pretty prideful or unaware, at some point going through those commandments, you've had a moment where you go, ooh, yeah, I broke that one. You've probably had a moment where we're going down, and maybe we're talking about idolatry, putting something in the place of God in your heart, and you're like, yeah, I got idols. Or maybe we're talking about honoring your father and mother, and you're like, oh, snap, I totally yelled at my mom last night. I wasn't honoring her. Or maybe I talked to you about gossip, and you leaned over like, Barrett's hair looks weird. Oh, wait, I'm gossiping. Darn it. And maybe you've gossiped, and you were kind of convicted of that. Or maybe talked about murder, and you're like, ha, I haven't done this one. And then remember, Jesus did something. What did he do? He raised the bar. Jesus says, actually, you've murdered someone if even in your heart you have hatred towards them. And you're like, well, I guess I've murdered people. That's great. Perfect. The one commandment I thought I was a lock to not break, I broke. Perfect. So as you're going down this list, you probably realize something. Um, you're not perfect. Okay? If you were unaware of that until this mo- moment, that's just sad. Okay? Apparently you haven't heard of Hannah Montana because nobody's perfect. Okay? you got to work it again and again till you get it right. Okay? Oh, dear. I just quoted Hannah Montana in a sermon. Ugh, terrible. But check it out. Check it out. We are not perfect, and no one is. And the actual purpose of the law for us as Christians say, the reason that the law is given to us is to be a sort of mirror. What do I mean by that? What I mean is, as we look at these rules and as these laws, we realize something about ourselves. We realize that we're not perfect. We realize, okay, that one means I'm not perfect. Okay, that one means I'm definitely not perfect. Okay, I'm really not perfect after that one. Okay, not. I can't even look at this. I'm really bad. As you look at it more and more, you realize more and more something about yourself that you're not perfect and that you make mistakes. And sometimes we kind of need that mirror to show us about ourselves that we need help, that we need to be fixed. That's important. Let me give you an example. Uh, my mom has always cut my hair. Like my whole life, my mom has always cut my hair. And it wasn't until college that anyone else cut my hair. I was at college, and this really pretty girl says, Hey, Barrett, uh, I cut hair. You want me to cut your hair? And I'm like, <laughs> Okay. You're pretty. What was that? Nothing. <laughs> no, you're pretty. And so I let her cut my hair, and she's cut my hair. And she's like, Oh, how's this feel? That feels good. Okay, cut my hair. Yeah, whatever you say. And there's no mirror in front of me. Usually, you know, there's a mirror. And so she's cut my hair. She goes, okay, all done. Perfect. I'm done with your hair. I'm like, okay, cool. It's, I like it. You're pretty. Okay, cool. And, you know, I'm like excited about it. And then my friend Torin had come with me. And Torin is like in the back. And he like, you know, he'd been like watching, watching TV or something. He turns around and he goes, oh. Bear, go look in the mirror. Go look in Go to the bathroom. What? 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 Huh? Go in the mirror. I'm like, oh, okay. All right, I'm going to go check it out in the bathroom. She's like, okay, cool. You know, I go to the bathroom and I open the door. Wah! And I look in there and there is just this hideous conglomeration. It looked like an animal had attacked my hair and just eaten it and then left it partially dead, partially alive on my head. Okay. It looked terrible. And it wasn't until I looked in the mirror that I saw I had a problem. Okay. And I needed this problem to be fixed. So then I went to my mother at the next weekend. I drove home and I walked in the door and she's like, 
Yeah, I thought you could find somebody else to cut your hair. No way. And I was really embarrassed at that, and she cut my hair and fixed it. But I realized, as soon as I looked in the mirror, I realized my condition, and I realized I need help. I need to be fixed. And when we look into the law, we look and we see something about ourselves. We realize, wait a second, I'm not perfect. If you broke one of these laws one time in your life, you're not perfect. Yeah, I know, crap. At some point, it means that you have messed up and that you are not perfect. And guys, we also know that no one is perfect. We find this in the Bible. It says in Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 20, it says, Indeed, there is no one on earth who is righteous, no one who does what is right and never sins. Now, just a side note, Ecclesiastes was written before Jesus was born, just so you know. <coughs> also, Romans 23 says... For all have sinned, and all have fallen short of the glory of God. Sometimes we think, like, well, well pastors, <laughs> they're perfect. Uh, let me tell you, anyone who lives with me, like my roommates or anybody, you know I'm not perfect, okay? I mess up a lot, okay? I am not perfect by any means. Pastor Gary is not perfect. Nobody is perfect, okay? And the law stands as an example to show us that. But, but before I move on, the reason I wanted to take one more sermon on the Ten Commandments is this. I want to make sure you leave and you understand something very, very clearly. Very clearly about the law. There's three things I want to make sure you understand. And I want to make sure that there's no mistaking, no misunderstanding about what the Ten Commandments are and what they can do. The first thing I want to make sure that no one gets wrong about the Ten Commandments is this. Following the Ten Commandments cannot make God love you more. Let me say that again. Following the Ten Commandments, following the commandments, following the Bible even, cannot make God love you any more. Romans 5, 8 says this. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Jesus died for us. What that's saying is, hey, while we were still sinners, still messing up, not perfect, Jesus died for us. When, when Jesus went to the cross to die, he knew the name of every person in humanity that was born and would be born. And he knew every sin of those people. When Jesus died for my sins, he didn't say, well, you know what, man? Barrett is one of the good ones. Man, Barrett is, like, he, like, is so cool, and he's got great hair, and, like, he, like, loves Jesus, and he, me, okay, and, and he, like, reads his Bible, and he goes to church. He's actually there every Sunday because he preaches, and he's, like, really, because Barrett is such one of, like, the good ones, I'm going to die for his sins. He's, like, one of the special ones. But over here, uh, over here we got Evan. And uh, Evan is not perfect. Actually, we know Evan's. Evan's messed up, okay? He's made a bunch of mistakes. Yeah, he's done some good stuff, but more bad stuff than good. So, you know what? I'm not going to die for Evan. I'm only going to die for the Barrett kind of people, those perfect, really nice, good people, okay? Jesus did not say that, okay? What did he say? I'm sorry if your name's Evan. I wasn't thinking of you. What did, what did Jesus say? He said, for all have sinned and all have fallen short. So everybody sinned. So he said... While we were still sinners, though we messed up, though Jesus knew every sin we ever will commit, meaning the sin you're going to commit tonight, the sin you're going to commit when you're 80 years old, Jesus knew all of that. And he said, hey, I know all that. I don't care. I still love you. So even though you sinned, even though everyone has sinned, 
I still will die for you. Here's the deal. Sometimes we think of God and we think that he's in heaven and he's got like emoji faces. And like if we do good stuff, like we go to church, the emoji faces, hey, smiling. He's up there like smiling and he's really happy. And and then we think like, you know, maybe we do something and like we kind of like fudge a little bit and kind of lie to our parents. The face is like, come on, you can do better. And then we do something really bad, like we punch our brother in the face. And then God's up there telling the angels, all right, take us to DEFCON 3. And then the face is angry, okay? And then you're over here and you yell at your mom, you slam your door and you break the door. And then he's like, all right, DEFCON 4. And then God's up there with lightning bolts, like waiting to strike you at any moment, just waiting. We think that about God. And it's crazy. God is not up there saying, well, today you made me happy, so I'm going to give you a little smiley face today. Hey, it's not good. Today, oh man, you messed up. I'm angry at you. That's not how God operates. God cannot love you any more than he does right now. Because God loves you fully. If I have a big collection of marbles and I give you all of my marbles, I can't give you any more marbles. Why? Because I gave you all the marbles that I got. I can't give you something I don't have because I've given you everything. If you're promoted to the highest rank in the military, you can't be promoted again. Why? Because you're already the highest rank in the military. You can't go any higher than that. God is all-powerful, meaning he can't get any more power because he already has all the power. And God is all-loving, meaning that he has all the love in the world for you and he can't have any more love for you. That means if you do something good... God won't be like, man, I love you more because you did that. He can't because he already loves you. So he says, hey, I love you the same. If you sin or mess up, he still loves you the same as when you didn't. Why? Because God isn't surprised when you sin. It's not like you lie and he goes, what? Are you kidding me? Really? That's it. I'm out. Peace. Done with you. I'm through. Packing my bags. I'm getting out of your heart. See ya. Good luck. Find another religion or something. This is not working for you. Okay, not working for me, not working for you. I'm out. Peace. We're breaking up. Going in a different direction. You know, I just feel like we're not on the same page. So it's not me, it's you. No, it's definitely you. It's you. I'm leaving. That's not how God works. God says this. Okay, here's a little book. And I can look in this book at every single thing that you have done wrong and everything that you will done wrong, do wrong. And when you become a Christian, when you accept me into your heart, I know everything you're going to do already. So there's nothing you can do that will surprise me or change how I feel about you. I see all this, and I still love you fully with everything that I got. So when you sin, Jesus doesn't go, what? You did? He goes, yeah, I know that was coming, but I still love you. When you do good stuff, he goes, hey, I, I, I love you still. Like nothing changed. That's awesome. And he's proud of you, but, but he isn't loving you just because of what you do for him. He just loves you. When you're a kid, you know how you make those different crafts in like kindergarten and preschool? Like you do a finger painting or maybe... Everybody does this for some reason. Everybody gets the macaroni, like the dry macaroni, and they glue it onto cardboard. And I, I don't know why, but every kid at some point seems to do that at school or something. And you take it to your parents and you go, Hey, check this out. Cool. Look what I made. And your parents are excited like, Wow. Man, you made you made this you made this yeah i did it's a circle and it's really a square and you don't even know the difference and they're like wow you know what this is going on the fridge going on the fridge right there maybe they like hang it in their office and it's there on display 
Now, if anyone other than their kids had done that, like if one of the coworkers said, hey, I made you a macaroni piece of paper. Here you go. They'd be like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like this, why would you even give this to me? That's kind of weird. Okay, why are you playing with macaroni and glue? Get to work. But because you are their son or their daughter and you did that work, they say, wow, hey, great job. This isn't useful to me. I can't, you know, put this in my car and make it run or I can't pay bills with this macaroni piece of paper. I don't need this. But because you're my son or my daughter and you made this, I'm proud of you. Thank you for that. When we do good things like don't lie or help somebody out who needs help, God doesn't say, wow, that's so helpful to me. No, God could have done that on his own, but... But God used you to do it, and he's proud of you for doing it. But it doesn't make him love you even more. He already loves you, everything that he's got. So understand, following the commandments does not make God love you more, and not following them does not make God love you less. He just loves you because he already knows what you're going to do. The second thing I want us to understand is this. Following the laws, or following the commandments does not make life easier for you. Following the laws does not make life easier for you. Now, here's what that means, okay? Um, When I was a kid, I used to think, like, there was, like, uh, a deal I could make with God. Like, okay, I need to get an A on my math test, okay? And if I follow the commandments, my life will be easier. So if I do what God tells me to do, Then there will be like kind of a result. If I go to church, read my Bible, maybe I'm like really nice to Phil who smells bad. Okay, if I do all these things, then God will help me get a good grade on my test. See what I'm saying there? We think, okay, if I do good things, good things will happen to me. Okay, so I follow God. God will be like, man, Barrett, you're good. I'm going to reward you. And I thought that's how it worked. And that's um, not how it worked. Or other times, maybe I'd scrape my knee, I'd fall, and I'd scrape my knee. And I'd be like, oh, man, this is because I yelled at my mom. Like, God is punishing me. And I thought, like, there was a balance here. Like, if I do bad things, then God's going to kind of let me know about it and do bad things. And if I do good things, then God will, you know, be nice to me. And that's how it works. And that's not how it works. In fact, sometimes following the commandments will make your life harder rather than easier. Sometimes it will make your life harder rather than easier. Sometimes standing up and being brave and saying, no, 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 I'm not going to take God's name in vain. Hey, you know what? No, I'm not going to start taking gossip. Sometimes that makes your life harder because people look at you different or it's more challenging to do that. Sometimes following God's hard. Actually, a lot of the time it's hard. But check this out. There's not a balance here. God doesn't reward you on earth for what you've done good. He'll reward you after you die in heaven. And he doesn't punish you for what you've done wrong on earth. Why? Because all the punishment that was due you for every sin that you committed, every lie that you told, everything that you stole, every lust that you've had in your heart, all that sin, the punishment for that sin, which he should have directed at you, he instead directed it at Jesus. So that anger that God would have for you, that you feel that he might have for you sometimes, isn't directed at you if you've been saved and accepted Jesus. It's actually been directed at Jesus, and it is now gone. And God doesn't look at you and say, man, you sinner, you messed up. No, he looks at you, and he sees you with your sins removed by Jesus and sees you perfect. God doesn't deal out punishments or wrath on earth. and He he doesn't reward us on earth either. But understand that following these commandments will not necessarily make your life easier. 
And here's the final thing. And, and if you haven't been listening to me or haven't heard anything from the Ten Commandments that I've taught, you don't even remember the hand motions, you don't remember anything, okay? Remember this. Take this one piece away. Okay, so if you're not paying attention, pay attention just right here. I want you to really understand this, okay? Following the commandments, following the rules that we have as Christians or following the commandments will not get you into heaven. Let me say that again. Following the commandments, following the rules that Christians have, or the rules that we find in the Bible, following the commandments will not get you into heaven. I'll say it one more time. Just, just, no, I'm probably going to say it more than that. But I'll say it one more time for now. Following the commandments will not get you into heaven. And you're like, well, wait, what? Like, okay, I thought like Ten Commandments, like I do a bunch of good stuff, and then I go to, how does that, what, what? Let me, let me read a verse to you. Psalm 18, verse 30, it says, As for God, His way is perfect. All of God's promises come true. See, guys, God is perfect. Perfect. There's no point in His life where He messed up any of these commandments or sinned or made a mistake. He's never been unjust or cruel. He's perfect. And heaven, because God is there, heaven is a perfect place without spot, without blemish, without mistake. Heaven is perfect. And over here, we already established, okay, looking at the law, we are not perfect. We're not perfect at all. Not even close, okay? We make a lot of mistakes. And the more we look at these rules and these laws, we realize, ooh, broke that one, broke that one, broke that one. And we are not perfect. And so all of humanity is over here, okay? Not perfect. And then there's over here God. And heaven and perfection. And there's a problem because we cannot follow these commandments and be perfect. You cannot do it. It doesn't matter if the moment you're born, you have all these pastors that come around you and say, okay, we're going to make sure this child is perfect. This is going to be the perfect one. And we do everything that we can to make sure that their life is perfect and they're never bad. They are going to sin and mess up no matter what happens. They're going to. And no one can earn or deserve to go to heaven on their own. No one. And you cannot do mostly good things and then get to heaven. Or maybe you say, well, what if I'm like better than other people? Like, what if I'm better than like Hitler? I'm better than him. And I'm better than Phil in my class. He smells bad. He doesn't go to church. I do. And what if I like don't listen to like bad music that has like rap songs and like, you know, inappropriate lyrics? What if I do that? Like, well, then I go to heaven? Like, is that? And as a kid, I, I used to think to myself, um, my church had a bunch of rules and laws and commandments. And I used to think to myself, man, that kid listens to Eminem. He's not going to heaven. <laughs> not going to heaven. I, though, I listen to Toby Mac. Going to heaven. Got my eye on it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I am totally going to heaven because I do. Man, that kid, dude, I heard him cuss. Me? I say fiddlesticks when I stub my toe, okay? I have other substitute curse words. I don't curse. I'm going to heaven. Not probably going to heaven. Dude, that guy watched an R-rated movie. Not going to heaven. Me, though. PG-13. Going to heaven. Woo! I thought, like, in my head, like, I'm going to heaven because I do things good, okay? And other people, you know what? Those guys, tough. You know what? Wish they were better, but, uh, you know, they, they're not going to heaven. It's tough. And I thought that in my head. But one day, I realized, wait a second, wait a second. Okay, here's the law, Ten Commandments. 
Um, I can't do probably any of these entirely right. I'm not perfect. And God is perfect and holy. How can I, who am not perfect, get to heaven, which is perfect? The only way is for you to be made perfect. And you can't do that on your own. There is a way, however, that was made for you by Jesus. You see, Jesus looked at earth and he saw, wait, they need help. They can't do it on their own. They need someone to stand in between. Here's perfection and here's imperfection. They need someone to stand in the gap in between and help them. And Jesus says, I'll do that. Rather than God be angry at them and be wrathful at them, let him be angry at me. Rather than them bear the punishment for their sin, I want to take their punishment. Actually, I'll even take their sin on me. So that when God looks at them, he doesn't see sin, he doesn't see a mistake, he sees perfection. Because their sin has been taken away and put on me. And I will die for their sins because I am perfect. I am perfect. And I will take their place. You see, the reason Jesus had to die for the sins of the world is because there had to be a price that was paid. And it had to be paid by someone who was perfect. There's only one who was perfect, and he was Jesus. Jesus followed all of these commandments and all of the commandments that God gave perfectly. And because he did that, he was able to take our punishment from us and our sin for us. When we could not get into heaven on our own. Jesus stepped in and says, I can get you there. All that you need to do is repent and believe. Jesus didn't say, okay, here's the deal. Okay, I died for your sins, made a way, but here's the deal, okay? You gotta work with me, okay? We gotta make a deal here, okay? If you can, more than 50% of the time, just 50% of the time, okay, 50-50, it's really easy, okay? Half the time, if you follow the commandments, if you love me, if you go to church 50 days out of the, you know, 50 times out of the year, not 50 times of the year, what would it be? 50% of the time, okay? If you don't lie 50% of the time, if you, you, you don't, you know, steal 50% of the time, then, then and only then, you can come to heaven. Or maybe he said, you know what? No, 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 I'll make it easier for you, okay? Just 25% of the time. If you can be good 25% of the time, 60 or 75% of the time, you can be bad, but just 20% of the time, then you can go to heaven. God didn't say that. Jesus didn't say that. He said, look, if anything relies on you, you will fail. You'll mess up. Everything relies on me. I have finished the work. It is done. All that you need to do to be saved, all you need to do is believe that I can save you. All you need to do is say, wait a second. I look at the law and I'm not perfect. I look at these commandments. I don't measure up. I am not there. But I look at Jesus, and Jesus, you are there. Jesus, you are perfect, and you did die for my sins. And I'm sorry that I sinned. That's the repentance. I'm sorry I messed up. And I believe in you, that you did the work to save me. And I ask that you do that. And in that moment, we are saved. John three sixteen says this, for God so loved the world, a world that was not perfect, that was broken, that he gave his only son being Jesus, that whoever believed in him, believed in Jesus, would not perish, but have everlasting life. 
That verse does not say, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that, that whoever followed five of the ten commandments would get into heaven and have eternal life. No, 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 no. It didn't say, whoever doesn't curse and does really good at following the commandments, they will get to heaven. No, no, no. He said, anyone who believes in me to save them will be saved. Guys, we should rejoice that we can't save ourselves because the pressure is off of us. Now, I know what you're saying. We're saying, hold on, Barrett. Wait a second. You just give me a, a jail-free card. I can break any of the commandments. God's going to keep loving me. My life won't get easier if I follow him. And I won't go to heaven if I follow him. But if I'm a Christian, then I can break any sin that I want. Unlimited sin. This is great. I can do whatever I want. I can lie and cheat and steal. And my mom, maybe I can yell at my mom. And she's like, hey, don't yell at me. And you can be like, hey, I'm already going to heaven. You can't touch me, girl. Can't touch me. What up? Walking out. You can say, you're going to go home and be like, okay, I can break whatever commandment. I can lie. I can cheat. I can do whatever I want. This is great. Barrett, thank you. Great sermon. I'm out. Peace. No, okay? Don't leave here thinking that. Let me explain something to you, okay? Yes, following the commandments doesn't get you to heaven. It doesn't make God love you more. But there's something deeper here, okay? Jesus died for your sin. He sacrificed for you. The reason we should follow the commandments is to honor Him. To remember Him. To worship Him. We have a Veterans Day. I've used this example before. We have a Veterans Day where we honor those who have sacrificed for our country either their time or even their life. Who have given of their time and effort and life for this country. We, we pause and we say, today we respect what you did for us. And we do different things to show that respect. We go on parades and we have a day off of work and school. We have a day where we say, hey, we're going to honor these men and women for what they've done. Well, here's what God says. He says, hey, if, if you want to honor me, if you want to remember what my son Jesus did for you, here are these commands. Follow. Through your obedience, you can say thank you. You can say, I remember what you did. Every time that you choose to tell the truth rather than the lie, you're saying to God, hey, God, I love you. You, you died for me when I sinned, and now I'm going to tell the truth because I love you. When you choose to, to forgive someone, you're saying, Hey, God, you forgave me. Now I'm going to forgive somebody else. And I want to honor you with my life and give you glory for what you've done. Thank you. Every time you choose to not gossip or to honor your parents or to not put any other idols before God, you're saying, God, I love you. And I'm doing this to show you that I love you. I'm doing this to show you that you deserve honor and glory for what you've done. Thank you. The reason we follow these commandments is not to get saved or go to heaven or not make God love us anymore. But we follow these commandments to say, God, thank you. I love you. You saved me when I didn't deserve it. And now I have this life and I want to give it back to you. Thank you for this life. We follow the commandments to give honor and glory to God. Let's bow our heads for a moment. I just want to take one moment. I know we just had Easter and everything, but if during this sermon you've heard me list the commandments and you've said to yourself, man, I, I broke one. I broke a lot of them. 
and you've realized that you're not perfect. And if you've also realized, wait a second, Barrett talked about asking for forgiveness for my sin and being saved and repenting, and I've never done that before. I want to give you an opportunity to do that right now. To know that you're saved and going to heaven right now. To know that you can enter a relationship with Jesus right now. And that no matter what you do moving forward, you are saved and sealed and protected. I want to give you that security and that opportunity tonight. And that comes from accepting Jesus into your life. And it comes by repentance and belief. I'm going to pray a prayer and I want you to to pray it after me in your heart or loud. And I want you to know that, that by repenting in this prayer and by believing you are saved. Not by just the words, but by the belief and the repentance are you saved. But truly you're saved by the work of Jesus. So if you wish to accept Jesus, I just want you to pray this with me right now. Dear Jesus, I sinned. I have messed up and I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Forgive me of my sin. Jesus, I know you died on the cross for my sin. Thank you. Thank you for that. I believe that you died and you rose from the dead. Save me, Lord. I trust in you for my salvation. In the name of your son, Jesus, we pray this. Amen. And Lord, just to pray for the rest of these students, Lord, I I ask that you be with them, that they would see that, that they cannot be saved by their own works. They can't go to heaven by following the law. And those that are Christians, might we follow you every day of our life and honor you with what we do. And it's in the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen.